Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so glad that you are still joining us as we are into 2021 here, and it's exciting that we have these new episodes to roll out for you, another year of the Peas. Top five countdowns, keep having fun, and this is a fun one and also a challenging one. I was just talking to my guest host uh, before we started recording about that, and we're going to get into that here in the intro too to kind of let everybody know what we're doing and how we did it but say hello to sam he's back on the show for i believe the second time is that right sam you came on once before that is correct uh thank you Joe. Yeah. thank you for having me back very excited to be here uh yes i was on before and we discussed uh, amazing scenes and otherwise the shit films. <laughs> we did which was probably a little bit easier than this one i guess um <laughs> yeah way easier than this way easier than this but uh, Sam's here from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. I'll put all his information in the show notes for you. They do a really interesting take on your classic uh, movie podcast. It's really cool because they, they take a movie, they ask all these weird questions about it to kind of summarize the film as opposed to, you know, what was the director thinking with this camera angle? They don't do that kind of shit. They, <laughs> they ask uh, much more abstract questions that lead uh, to a great discussion about different movies. So make sure you check those guys out. And then Sam, I wanted to mention at the top here, because as we're recording this, I just got your book, man. You're a published author, which is a fucking cool thing, dude. It's, How's that going? Oh, it's, it's still surreal. Like, it's still yeah. really weird. Like, I've, I've now got an Instagram page set up where I'm going to start posting photos of that people sent me from around the world. But it's mm-hmm. bizarre, man. Like, you send me a photo, it'll go up there. Like, I'm getting photos from, like, the UK and America and Australia and places like that. And I'm just like, it, it still feels unreal. It still feels yeah. something, like, something that I poured, like, a couple of, well, like, a lot of hours into. But, you know, it's taken me a couple of right. years to actually get finalized. It's still so surreal. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. I actually just ordered it last week, and I sent you a, a pic on Twitter when it came yes. in. That's a big book, man. I gotta start. I gotta. I gotta get going. That is a thick one. I wasn't expecting that. You said it took you a couple years. Why don't you just wrap? Just tell everyone what, what it's called, where they can find it, what it, and really quickly, like what it's about, yeah. in case it interests them. Yeah. So it's called Compliance, and it's by me, Sam Hurley. And you can find it pretty much anywhere. The easiest and cheapest places to get it are on Amazon or Kindle or Book Depository, but it's on Barnes and Noble and all the other websites as well. And basically, I came up with an idea of. Um, like a fairly stereotypical story where uh, a bunch of strangers are recruited from around the world to try and take down an evil organization. And I wanted to leave with that with like a kind of action techno thriller sort of intro. But what it turns into and what it becomes is obviously something completely different. And that's what I love the most about writing this book. Like it's, it's short chapters. It keeps you engaged. It keeps flowing and all that sort of stuff. But okay. there's a point when a lot of people get to and that's when they start messaging me. And that's what I've loved. That's what I've absolutely Oh, loved. man, that's great, man. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to dive into it. And it's going to be cool, too, because I'll just come clean with my kids and stuff that my family life. I don't read anymore. So I'm really excited because (laughs) your book 
is going to be the first book that I've read in probably like 10 years. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into that too. So I'll make sure to hit you up as I'm going through it. You're not the first guy to tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's called Compliance and I did get it on Amazon, guys. So I'll try to drop the link in the show notes for that too. Sam is, uh, congratulations, man. That's that's great. Thank you so much. I think that's really awesome. So why don't you tell everyone, uh, you know, we do a top five show here and, you know, you came on before we had a fun topic. This one was fun as well, but it's a little more challenging. Why don't you tell everybody in your own words kind of because you came up with this topic so kind of tell everyone what we're counting down tonight yeah so what we are doing is five movie universes so it can be a single film it could be a franchise could be anything that you'd want to live in and so the reason why this is challenging is there's immediate answers that people might think of and i hate to maybe give an answer on your list but like one that people would think for me is like well lord of the rings and it's like well why would i want to live in lord of the rings i already live there I already live in new zealand you know like what's the point of living in middle earth they're the only difference is i get to live in middle earth but i don't have fucking orcs and goblins and shit like that coming to kill me it's actually quite a nice and peaceful place to live so why would i pick that so so then i started looking at other ones and like even even my number one oh like a bit of a spoiler a bit of a foreshadowing or whatever but even my number one i know is problematic and i know i probably wouldn't want to live there and i'd probably last about five minutes maximum but it's yeah. it's the one that the childhood me was like you need to put that on your list be honest to yourself well what i did too it's funny you mentioned that so i'll just and you know i don't like to give away any titles at the top yeah. so i'll try not to do that but you know when you pitched this to me I, there was a few that you pitched to me that i'm sure we'll get to a couple of those in the future i'll have you back on but this one was, jumped out at me right away because i thought of like two movies right away and I don't know if you did this, so without giving any titles away, just let me know if you were in the same mindset. But for me, the first two movies I thought of, and then what ultimately ended up morphing my list together, was Nostalgia. So they were (laughs) movies that took place in an era that I absolutely was like living it up in my own life. Yeah. Did nostalgia play into your list at all, or did you go more like from a fantastical, like unrealistic kind of realm? Oh, there's a a big mixture. There's basically... (laughs) There's a bit okay. of there's a bit of real life. There's a bit of fantasy. There's a bit of okay. being honest to myself, and then there's a bit of like that was the tits. You love to go through that like parody life again. So yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see how it goes. And man, uh, you know, I really appreciate you pitching this topic. It was a lot of fun to research, and and I'm interested to see if we kind of went the same because you could really go anywhere with this. Because I had a couple movies that I was thinking of putting on here because I love the movie so much. But then I thought to myself, but would I really want to live there? Because like, do I really want to be surrounded by like murder and like, you know, or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I it ended up taking a couple of those off my list. And I can talk about them if they don't come up on yours, maybe when we get to yeah. honorable mentions. But I'm interested to see where you go. So we're going to do our top five movies that we would want to live in. That's going to be the title, Sam. And we did decide that it was okay to do just a single film. Yep. Because when you initially pitched it to me, I was thinking a universe and I was thinking it had to be like, you know, kind of a series of films. So I'm glad that also kind of changed my list up a little bit when I found that out. So uh, it could be a single film or it could be a series, multiple films, uh, universe, so to speak. Yeah. So we'll see how we do, man. So why don't you get us started, Sam? What is your number five movie that you would like to live in, brother? So it's kind of funny that we've segued from me talking about being an author. Like I love writing. I love that sort of golden age of writing, which was basically the sort of early 20th century. And so, and there's one movie that actually sort of lives in this premise and that's Midnight in Paris, the Owen Wilson film from 2011. Yeah. 
where he yeah. basically goes back in time to 1920s Paris and he meets Ernest Hemingway and he hangs out with F. Scott Fitzgerald and he meets Pablo Picasso. I was like, that is living out the fantasy. So to be able to go into that and still live in modern day Paris, but still be able to go back in time and live in the 20s and meet all these authors that I admire, as well as artists, that would be that would be amazing. All right, so let me pick your brain here a little bit. So I like this movie. It's a Woody Allen film. Yeah. And I remember digging, is Scar Joe's in this, right? Or no? Oh, is Rachel it, McAdams. Ca- That's right. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, Rachel Isn't McAdams I, is a love interest. And holy shit, then, yes. Because then I was thinking Kate Hudson at first. Okay, sorry, Rachel McAdams, if you're somehow listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> I love you. Um, so let me pick your brain a little bit then. So are you wanting to live in this movie because so you want to be kind of like Owen Wilson's character. So you want to be in modern day, but you want to be able to travel back and yeah. meet your your idols kind of. Yeah, and it, it's 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 sort of one of those things where they they happen to all be in Paris at the same time. And I don't know how much truthful honesty there is in that. You know, he bumps into some of the most famous people from that period and they all seem to be in Paris on the same week, which is probably mm-hmm. a load of bullshit, but at the same time having that ability to be able to do that would be pretty awesome because I mean, this is one of the things yeah, that I was coming up with this list was I was like, well, you can't really put yourself as the main character in each of these films because, you know, it's just it's sort of cheating. You just want to create a universe that you'd be able to live in, but at the same time if I had the ability to sort of wish myself back to times that would be amazing yeah no doubt that's a good pick man and i guess being a writer kind of makes sense that you went that way to start your list off so midnight in paris is your number five absolutely good pick man my number five is a movie that came out or i'm sorry i should say took place well before i was born but the main characters in this story were the age that i was when i saw this movie for the first time which was 12 years old So it was a movie that was very impressionable on me, and it's remained uh, one of my favorite films of all time, and this is over 30 years ago that I would have seen this initially. It's an 80s film, but it takes place in 1959. It's Stand By Me, Rob Reiner film. Uh, written by Steve, uh, based on a Stephen King story. Yeah. Stand by me. Are you a fan of this one? I'm a massive fan of this film. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's a coming of age story, but I mean, there's a, really a lot of different reasons why I would want <laughs> to live in this uh, movie. I mean, namely because, like I said, at the age that I was when I saw it, you know, the 12, 13 year old age, you were just having fun, man. Like you didn't, you weren't paying bills yet. You didn't, you weren't driving a car yet. You know, you weren't really, you know, in having serious relationships yet. You know what I mean? You were just like doing your thing. You were just playing with your friends. You were going out in the woods, uh, you know, just doing crazy shit, throwing rocks at, you know, mailboxes and shit. You were just doing <laughs> dumb stuff, you know? Yeah. Now, today's day and age with technology is probably a little bit different for 12 and 13-year-olds. But when I was growing up, that's what it was all about. It was all about getting outside, you know, camping, doing stuff with, with your buddies, having sleepovers with your buddies. So it's very familiar to me in that way. But then also... This was an era, you know, the mid to late 50s and even the early 60s a little bit that really intrigued me. You know, you often get asked or one of the kind of cliche questions that people will get asked is, you know, what era would you travel back to if, you know, if we had time travel? And for me, I feel like one of the very first eras I would visit would be that late 50s, early 60s. Uh, I just love the innocence that, you know, I feel like it was like a Pleasantville type deal back then where everybody's (laughs) like, you know, all the chicks are in poodle skirts and like they're they're doing these dances and they're I mean, you know what I mean? It's just an innocent, like fun time uh, in America. And I just wish that I could just be a fly on the wall, even if it was for a day. Mm just to kind of see that and you know i mean this movie was really cool too because they're on this you're on this adventure with your best friends you know these other 12 and 13 year old kids and 
you know, you guys are doing something that, you know, you'll literally never forget, you know, it's an adventure that you have with your coming of age friends that you will never forget. Uh, you know, there's a couple other movies that kind of fall into that coming of age story that I thought about, but this is by far my favorite, you know, what would be considered a quote unquote coming of age movie. So I felt like I had to put it on this list. So that's my number five, man. Stand by me. It's a really good choice. It's a really good choice. I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not picking it, actually, now that I think about it. Because, like, you're right. There was, like, a certain level of innocence that you had in, like, your early teens or, you know, coming right. into your teens sort of thing that you just you just miss. You miss sleepovers with your friends and we just stay up all night talking nothing, you know? It was just, it was awesome. Yeah. Right. It's a bummer, too, man, when you, because, you know, do you have kids, Sam? I do. I have an 18-month-year-old, 18-month-old daughter which um almost featured one of the answers but i'll talk about that now honorable mentions all right well as i say it's a bummer too you know i have i have a 19 year old daughter uh and then i have a seven year old son and then i have a baby that that's your uh, the age of your daughter so i'm I'm all over the place but (laughs) you are (laughs) but with technology and stuff it's somewhat of a bummer because it's like they're not going to really experience that that stuff because they have so much more available to them, which I get. Like, I'm not mad at, you know, the world for advancing or whatever. But it's just a different time even than when I grew up in the 80s. Do you know what I mean? It's just things have gone so much further. And there's so much more that can that can take these kids' attention now that, you know, they're, they're not going to go out and, you know, throw rocks at the train tracks. I mean, you know, they're not going to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Probably not. So. No, no. They're just going to play a game on their phone that does the, does the same thing. That's right. Angry birds. Shoot the bird at the thing or whatever. Oh, yeah, I know. All right, man. So uh, back over to you for your four, buddy. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head for a lot of the reasons for why I'm picking my next film, which is like, as New Zealanders growing up, we watched a lot of uh, like coming of age American films, a lot of like, you know, American Pie and all those sorts of movies, which all, all look sort of appealing. But at the same time, you know, if you get to live in a different decade or a different time, you want to enact that. You want to like try something different and go, be out there. And so that's why I went with Dazed and Confused. There's something, hey. ab- something about that film, man. There's something about just the way they're all buddies, they're all pals. You know, there's no texting each other like we have to go here oh what's that party like and, oh we should go over here there's just like a, a like a legitimacy to like getting on the piss in the 70s having a bit of fun with illegal substances but at the same time no one gets hurt everyone's happy mm-hmm. everyone has a good time mm-hmm. yeah man uh guess what this is not only on my list but it's also my number four so hey there we go yeah we have our first crossover man That's i amazing. mean you know you, yeah. you said it beautiful you said it beautifully man but you know another reason for me why i had to put days confused on here is because i always have a really strong connection to my father when I'm talking about movies or music. Uh, really more so music, if I'm being honest, because he was more of a, of a music dude. But he did love his movies, and he grew up in the 70s. Yeah. So a lot of the characters in this film, you know, remind or remind me of if I had known my dad at that age, that that is what he would be like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could see him as a character in Days of Confused. <laughs> so it would be really cool to go back there and, like, hang out with my dad, basically. You know? And characters like my father that was a teenager that was growing up in in the 70s. A very, you know, turbulent time in the country. Mm. Uh, but these kids, this movie takes place in 1976, and I was born in 75. Yeah. So, you know, these these kids, I mean, they're just, like you said, I mean, they're just having a good time. They're smoking weed. You know, they're they're doing, they're having parties at their house when, the, when their parents are away you know you can't do a lot of that stuff now no i mean you know a lot of parents have cameras in their house where you can't you know you'd be able to look in and see your kids doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing exactly Uh, you know gps tracking and everything else but you know the 70s was a different time man it was a revolutionary time in the country 
Mm. And a lot of these kids that were in high school um, that were living through that, you know, the Nixon years and Vietnam and things like that. I mean, you know, they were trying to make the best with, with what they have. And I felt like this movie really captured that and told that story, but told it from a very like fun and kind of, you know, let loose angle. So I'm lockstep with you, man. I mean, I had to put Days Confused on my list as well. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, brother. Uh, so a little crossover, but I, I guess that's good. I mean, I like when we uh, were like minded there. Absolutely. Uh, Sam. <laughs> All right, man. So what's what's your number three, buddy? Well, my number three, and I don't think we'll be like-minded on this, but I feel like we should for one of the reasons that I'm going to give. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even a big fan of this franchise. In fact, it's probably some of my least watched films, but my wife actually pointed this out to me while I was coming up with this list, and then she gave me a pretty good reason, so I've got to give props to her. But I'm actually Mm going to go with the Fast and the Furious universe. now. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Okay, sure, (laughs) physics doesn't apply in this universe, but at the same time, everyone's got a cool car, and as my wife pointed out, bald men are thriving in this universe. I'm bald, you're bald, but so is yeah. Vin Diesel, so is Jason Safem, so is The Rock, so is Tyrese Gibson, so is Ludacris in some of the movies. These guys are thriving. It's like if you're a bald man, you're getting the hottest chicks, you're driving the fastest cars, oh, you're having the best life of your best life you can possibly have. <laughs> Hey, you're not wrong, man. You're onto something there. Our yeah. buddy Dan from Netflix and Swill is going to love that you chose this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, dude. He loves Fast and Furious. Well, that's interesting. I, You know, I feel like when you came on before and we talked about great scenes and bad movies, I felt like you told me that your wife was a big fan of this franchise. Was that you? <laughs> no, that? Bro, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, somebody came on and they were like, I thought it was you for a second, but I don't remember, forgive me, but somebody came on and they were talking about Fast and Furious. They were like, yeah, yeah, uh, my wife's a huge fan of that franchise. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you don't usually, it's usually not that way, you know what I mean? <laughs> but okay. Well, I mean, they're fun. You know, they're fun movies. You know, they're not great by any means. I don't know. I mean, don't you feel like you would probably end up in prison in this fran- in this universe, though? Yeah, I probably there? would. I mean, and then I'd be sprung like six months later and told I've got to go to some cool exotic location and then drive a car out of a plane right. not crash and die it's just like it's just phenomenal yeah. shit that just keeps happening i'm like it's preposterous <laughs> yeah. i know that it's ridiculous defies all the law of gravity maybe i can jump through the sky catch a girl mid-air and then reverse angle and land on the hood of a car be perfectly fine maybe sweet sounds good <laughs> oh man yeah i guess you don't have to worry about death by automobile that's for sure <laughs> that's oh correct. man well my my number three is much different brother my number three is my 90s pick so I have a couple of my honorable mentions as well, but in my top five, I had to pick one 90s movie because this is what I was talking about at the top of the episode, mm. Sam. Nostalgia, man. I graduated high school in 94 and, you know, I would say like 1993 to like 97 were like the prime of my life, dude. Like I was literally, uh, you know, I was literally like stoned every day. I was going to college. I was, you know, meeting people that I'm still tight with to this day. Um, and I was just having a good time, brother. Like I had two or three jobs, but I was like just taking it easy, you know, and just really enjoying myself. A lot of concerts, like we would go to live live shows all the time, uh, sporting events all the time. I would go to the movies pretty much two or three times a week with a couple really tight buddies of mine. So I was seeing movies. I was really getting into movies for the first time. That's really when I became a cinephile was right in that mid nineties era. But Cameron Crowe did a movie, man, called Singles. Oh, I don't think I've seen it. 
Yeah. It came out in 1992. And I want to fucking live in singles. So what singles is, man. So, okay. You probably know this from listening to the show, but Nirvana is my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Right. I love, I love Nirvana. I love the whole grunge aesthetic or whatever. So that, you know, they broke big really. And, you know, Nevermind was 1991. So right around that same era, you know, you had bands like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. They were all breaking big in that 92, 93 range when this movie came out. So you said you may not have seen it. So this movie puts you in 1992 Seattle, and it's a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. But it's a rom it's a rom com that takes place in grunge Seattle, and it's right at the cusp of that movement blowing up, right? So this movie was supposed to be a television series. It was written as a TV pilot, and they, nobody would pick it up. So they ended up doing it just a ninety minute movie about it. But I mean, imagine living. Well, I, I should. I did live there. <laughs> I did live during this time. But I'm saying, imagine living in Seattle in nineteen in the early nineties. Oh man, yeah. When these bands are rising to prominence, and literally a genre of music is being created at your doorstep in your backyard uh, was with bands that I literally have been listening to for the last 25, 30 years, uh, you know, ever since then. And just to be living there, man, and to be there when that happened yeah, uh, would, would be amazing. Uh, you know, great cast in this movie too. Matt Dillon is hilarious in this movie. Bridget Fonda, I had a crush on because of this film. Uh, yeah. So I would say look up singles, especially if you're a fan of Cameron Crowe. Are you sure you never saw this one? Yeah. I f- for some reason, I feel like I missed this. I feel like it's one of those films that like I've been through a lot of directors filmographies and like, tried to tick off as much as I can and Cameron Crowe's one because he's done some amazing films and I don't know why I missed this well are you a fan of alternative rock grunge oh, am I ever yeah fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh you gotta see it man so in yeah. the movie in the movie uh one of the main characters his name's Cliff played by Matt Dillon is in a band right and his band his the members of his band are members of Pearl Jam yeah so, because Cameron Crowe and Pearl Jam, I don't know if you know, they're like super tight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they're in the movie. They're cast as his like drummer and guitarist and like Eddie Vedder's there. He has a few lines in the movie. And then they do these, they they have a couple of scenes in like nightclubs where they go to nightclubs to see live music. And in one of them, Alice in Chains is playing on stage. Holy shit. Yeah. And then in the other one, Soundgarden's playing on stage. And this is in, this was filmed probably in 91-ish. Yeah. So this is before those two bands were like even, even putting out records even. That's amazing. And Cameron Cameron Crowe was just a huge fan of theirs and that Seattle kind of grunge scene or whatever. And then, of course, we know they ended up being huge bands that came out of that era. But yeah, just to see it, to like take out the little pieces from that time is amazing. And if I was there, man, in Seattle and Olympia, Washington and that whole area when that grunge movement was starting. Oh, man. I mean, I was in North Carolina. I was in the country <laughs> in North Carolina. Fucking nothing was happening where I lived in 1992. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so, dude, try living oh, in rural man. New Zealand. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Middle Earth out there. Yeah, Middle Earth. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dude. So singles. I'm going to hit you up and see. I'm going to keep on you about, about checking that one out, man. So It's it's kind of funny because you've mentioned singles and it, like in a lot of ways dovetails into my next answer and I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. give props to Paul and Wayne from the Countdown Podcast for doing a retro throwback uh, review of this movie recently which made me go holy fuck that's right that movie was the tits and that mm-hmm. is uh, 1997 I believe Swingers same thing as you man oh yeah I went yeah. for a university from uh, basically year 2000 to 2004 you know drinking ages 18 here in New Zealand we used to go out all the time like spend money 
we didn't have and just have a like awesome time but the thing i like about swingers that those boys pointed out and one of the things that i like the most about the movie is that his friends in this movie are just so damn supportive the whole time like they're going out they're hitting on women they're trying to get him out there he's in los angeles which at that time is just full of like these young hot starlets basically hooking up with dudes and stuff and Mm-hmm. The, the thing that gives me the most sort of faith and the most reason I want to be there is this young John Favreau who looks like the most average dude ever manages to hook up <laughs> with a hot, like 90s 90 Heather, Heather Graham and like how oh. how I'm like yeah that's what I want to be that's what I want to be hanging out with <laughs> I want to live in a world where that's possible absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah man this is a good one this is a movie I listened to that retrospective over on the countdown too this is one that I want to revisit because of that uh, I haven't seen it in many years but I have such fond memories of it yeah yep and John, John Favreau man he's bro he's taking over the world dude Mandalorian uh, his work in the MCU he wrote Elf which ended up being a Hollywood classic basically yeah that man or is holiday, a legend a holiday classic yeah yeah it just yeah. seems to start like jumpstart all these franchises and you know who knows what he's going to do next uh, hopefully something awesome but yeah I don't want him to leave Mandalorian because this last season was just oh the tits yeah yeah we got two episodes left so don't spoil it <laughs> oh, oh I'm biting my tongue even though it's already been spoiled for me on social media no, but I didn't sucks. tell my son because he's seven so he doesn't know yet and he um, you know we're going through it though we're going to finish it this week actually so yep uh okay man so swingers you're number two that's a great pick brother so my number two my runner-up now you know so far all of my movies have been like a real world setting right they've just been you know either based on a true story or take place in a real time and place you know days of confused was in the 70s singles was in the 90s and stand by me was in 1959 well here we go so finally i've got a fantasy world Okay, something that does not exist, but that there's so many different reasons I would want to live in this quote unquote universe. And I just rewatched it tonight, actually, a couple hours ago with my family because this is a holiday staple for us that we watch every year. But it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow, that's interesting. That's left field. Yes. Yes. So that would be my runner up. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a Halloween fanatic. Yep. You know, you guys make fun of me for being a quote unquote horror guy. Absolutely. uh, but I am. And I get to live in Halloween Town, man. Okay. The the place where this stuff like originates. This is where everything, all the Halloween stuff that we know and that we suck up every year. This is where it comes from is Halloween Town. And then not only that, if I'm in this universe and like Jack Skellington, I can go wandering through the woods and I can happen upon these like, you know, portals to all these other holiday worlds. Oh, that's a good point. Where I, where I could go in and just see, you know... Obviously, Christmas Town we get to see vividly in the film, so that would be amazing too. By the way, mm. but then you know, like Easter's in there. They had the they had the four leaf clover for like St. Patrick's Day. They have the turkey for Thanksgiving, and like just what are it's always really intrigued me what's going on behind all of those doors. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And how viv- how vivid the imagination was for Halloween Town and for Christmas Town, and then to be able to see all these other ones too, I feel like would be super super cool. And I mean, just to be surrounded by Halloween. Halloween 365 I'm into it man so I'm a dark dude I get it uh but yeah I'm into it I I feel like living in a Tim Burton like if you're gonna live in a Tim Burton world I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is like being inside of his brain kind of yeah absolutely kind of living in in Burton's brain so what do you think man this one surprised you huh oh it's a massive surprise but like as you pointed out yeah you do have portal seller universes i don't know whether that is i mean because the other side of the coin is living in a universe where oogie boogie lives and i'd stuff that for a noise Mm -hmm. that guy terrifies the hell out of me but um (laughs) 
That's true. We were watching it tonight, and um, I told my son, I said, I said, Logan, what are? Give me your two favorite songs from from this movie, and there's only two right answers, so you have a very <laughs> narrow window. Uh, and he nailed it, man. He said, "What's this?" and yep. the Oogie Boogie song, and that's it, man. Those are the two right there. They so. absolutely are good work, there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nightmare Before Christmas about a runner-up, and we are up to our number one, Sam. So far, we crossed over on Days Confused, but that was about it. Everything else is pretty kind of all over the place. What do you have for your number one? Now, this is your number one movie that you would like to live in. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, so this one, I mean, there's there's a logical answer, and I'm going to defy logic, because there's there's basically two answers for the same similar theme here. And like, like I mentioned, growing up in rural New Zealand, there was not much to do, but there was not a day that went by where I didn't didn't dream of looking out my window and seeing the Millennium Falcon landing in my backyard and Han Solo Chewbacca coming out and going, come on, let's go. And me going, huh? why? And they're like, because you're the most important kid in the universe. We're out of here. We're mm-hmm. leaving. So, I mean, and we mentioned Mandalorian. Of course, it's Star Wars. Yes, I know it's a dark, a dirty universe. Uh, you know, you'd hate to be opening up a new resort on Alderaan the day before the Death Star shows up or something like that. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's something about it. There's something about, you know, being your own <laughs> boss, being a smuggler or being a fighter pilot or being something like that, that you could go out there, see the universe, you know, explore it, get into all these crazy adventures, show up at one planet, hey, steal a line from the swingers, this place is dead anyway, cruise off, go to a next one. You know what I mean? It's like you just get to experience this and travel the universe and see everything that you could only ever imagine before, you know? <laughs> It's too dangerous, though, right? I, I can't. It is. It's exciting, though. Yeah, I get it. It's exciting. The danger is exciting to you. I understand. Sam, I I don't know if you know this about me or not. I fucking am horrified of space. <laughs> like, it's like one of my biggest fears. I couldn't put Star Wars on my list. I couldn't because I don't know why, man. I'm just like, you know, outer space and like the ocean are like, just fucking forget it, dude. I can't. Could you imagine just floating in space? I mean, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you're fucked. We, I mean, you know. Yeah, we, we did the movie Gravity recently, man, and that just brought back all parts of PTSD of watching that at the cinemas and being like, this is actually how fucking terrifying space is. <laughs> Fuck those yeah. other space movies. This is legitimate. This is what would actually happen to you oh. if you went to space. And like I said at the start of the podcast, I know I'd only survive about five minutes in this universe, man. Han and Chewie would like cruise <laughs> off to go do something, and I'd be like, I'm going to take the Falcon for a spin. I'd fucking hyper jump into the side. <laughs> of a goddamn moon you know what i mean <laughs> just i would kill myself yeah, but at the same time you've got to remember oh, you could you know theoretically you could go snowboarding on half or you could just hang out with the um ewoks on the moon of indoor you know there's this you don't have to go into space that's true that's true yeah uh, you're on to something there i i just i thought about star wars and then i was like oh no fuck that i can't, I can't fucking do that <laughs> are you kidding me Oh, man, but it's a good pick, and you know what, man? I can't believe that we didn't cross over on my number one. So your number one is the Star Wars universe. Yeah. God love you, man. What what If you could only pick one movie to live in in the Star Wars franchise, what would it be? I'm just curious. Oh, that's a good one. Within the confines of one film. Yeah, probably A New Hope. Probably A New Hope. You get, you know... Okay. Actually, right. no, 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 no. I take that back. It'd be Empire Strikes Back because I hate the heat. That's one of my things. I hate going to hot places. So Hoff, there we go. <laughs> Hoff would be awesome. Bespin, Cloud City, sure, whatever. Every place I go to it gets attacked by the Empire. Who gives a shit? I could just go hang out at Dagobah. No one ever find me again. Just hang out and become a swamp creature. Yeah, there you go. Now that now that I could get on board with, I could stay in that universe. Sure, yeah. if I'm just there at the bar the whole time. Sure. <laughs> uh, good pick, man, for Star Wars. Now, what I was going to say is. I thought, I didn't necessarily think it would be your number one, but I thought for sure you would mention Back to the Future, It's which is my number one. Yeah, 
So, again, when I was coming up with this list, I was thinking, yeah, if you're the protagonist, that'd be pretty cool. But if you're just a random dude hanging out in the background, you don't know if you're <laughs> going to be a dude in a photograph that just fades away. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, a lot of uncertainty, I guess, going on there. But I was, I guess I was thinking about it more from the main character's point of view. Yeah, but yeah. also, how fucking cool would it be if time travel existed, just in general? Uh, yeah. I mean, I use the word cool, but I mean, you know. It would just be uh, just mind blowing, and it would be revolutionary. But to be able to go into a scenario where you had the ability, or at least the possibility, to engage in time travel, and <laughs> to be able to choose—I mean, we were just talking about it earlier with Stand by Me. I was saying how it would go back to the to the late fifties, which is which they go back to fifty-five in this movie. Mm, true, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, not only times that I wasn't alive but i mean in the future and seeing what is going to come and getting that sports almanac and going to get that and come back you know <laughs> winning all the bets because i don't have good luck so i need that yeah that's a good point that would be yeah that's a good point i don't know i mean i wouldn't make out with my mom or anything like that you know what i mean but i would probably <laughs> fucking you know bounce around so i mean back to the future is it for me man i mean you know because you have so this movie came out in 85 mm-hmm. all right he goes back to 55 in the film, and I'm talking about just the first one specifically, although the other ones were cool as well. But there you have it, man. I love the 80s. I, li- I lived in the 80s, but I wasn't like, gr- I wasn't an adult yet. So I was still kind of like learning my surroundings and kind of gathering my, my I didn't really get going until the 90s where I kind of came, became my own person, so to speak. Yeah. So to be able to go back there as an adult would be awesome for me because I fucking love the 80s, man. That's probably my favorite, like, it's definitely my favorite decade that I've quote unquote existed is the <laughs> 80s. Um, and then to go back to like the 50s, oh man, I've already told you how it was such a swinging good time back then. Everybody was so innocent. You know, it was a leave it to beaver shit, man. Everybody was just having a good time and everybody was so pure. And it just is such an interesting time uh, when I study it. You know, I really love studying that era in American history. So you had those two different juxtaposed eras in the same film. So even in that one movie alone would just be awesome. But really, it was because of the ability to time travel. I mean, that was really it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a you- great answer. I mean, like, yeah, the ability to try and travel would be pretty awesome. It could it legitimately turn into that dude that you know, like, you hang out with people and they'd be like, "Did you know Moses part of the Red Sea?" And go, "No, nah, no, nah, actually, here's a video of him doing sweet fuck all. Here, he just rode a horse and just cruised. That's all he did." And they're like, "How did you get this?" It's like, "Man, I went there. I went and checked it out. I've been all through history, seen everyone. It's pretty awesome." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moses in the Red Sea. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where would you go back to, Sam? Where would you travel to or in the future or back? Where would you go? Oh, that's such a tough question. Man, I'd, I've always been like an ancient history nerd, so I'd, I'd love to go back and see some of the seven wonders of the world as they originally were. That being said, every time I've traveled, because I did a, a lot of traveling um, when I was in my sort of 20s and stuff like that, a lot of the times you travel, like you go see the Leaning Tower of Pisa and you're like, oh, is that it? It's like four stories high, <laughs> right. it's not that cool. And then went to sort of the Sphinx in Egypt and I was like, it's like... I don't know, like 30 feet high. It's like nothing to it. Like what? You know, so I don't know how disappointed I'd be, whether it'd be just like going back to see all these ancient, you know, times and stuff like that. Not to mention like, um, like the Back to the Future obviously shows us these real world implications. Like I'd hate to go back and give COVID to, you know, somebody in year 2000 BC or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, don't do, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We don't need that. Holy shit. Exactly. So oh, man. pretty much just That's go back, observe, and then get the hell out of there. I think would probably be the best that I could do. Don't breathe <laughs> Don't breathe out, just like mm-hmm, 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 an elf. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right, man. 
uh, go back in your mask, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, man. So why don't you wrap up your five again? Just remind everybody what your top five was. Yep. So my number five was Midnight in Paris. My number four was Days and Confused. My number three was Fast and the Furious. My number two was Swingers. And my number one was Star Wars, specifically Empire Strikes Back. All right. I like it, man. My number five was Stand By Me. My number four was also Days and Confused. My number three was a film called Singles. My number two was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And my number one was Back to the Future. All right, man, there you have them. There are five uh, movies that we would like to live in. Uh, We're going to head over to Facebook in a minute, Sam, to see what the fans had to say over there in the old suggestion box. But but before we do that, I have five honorable mentions, man, and we can talk about those. What about you? Do you got some honorable mentions? I certainly do. I've got quite a few. All right. (laughs) Give me like five. Go for it. I'll give you five. Uh, Back to the Future was actually my number 10. Okay. Uh, number nine. This is kind of cheating, but I pretty much said any happy medicine film because that's the universe okay, with the average okay. schlub like Adam Sandler or Kevin James or David Spade manages to hook up with Jennifer Aniston or Sam Hayek or any of these beautifully hot women. Yeah, right. And they're always on holiday. They're always at like the lake house or, you know, on a, at a beach or something like that. So that was yeah, that. Good point. Uh, I couldn't look past the MCU. I'd probably love to live in Wakanda. So I went with Black Panther. You know, wrong mm-hmm. color, but mm-hmm. I'm sure I could be an albino Wakandan or something. I don't know. Like, Yeah, they'll have something for you. You're good. Put me in there. Groundhog Day, purely for the reason that it would be awesome to have the same day over and over again to learn all the skills I keep saying that I'm going to learn one day, but never do. And then um, and then number six was, it was the smart choice that I swapped out for Star Wars. It's Star Trek. Like, as much as I love traveling the universe, right. Star Trek's a little bit more safer. They've cured all diseases. Everyone's like, peace, love, and happiness, and all that sort of stuff. But nah, stuff that. Too much space for me, as you know. <laughs> but uh, good on you. So I... Um we didn't have any more crossover, which is interesting. So my number six, I'll go six through ten here. My number six would have been Boogie Nights, man, because I'm in the 70s making pornos. Oh, damn it. That's a good choice. Hey, come on, bro. I mean, you got Heather Graham on roller skates, you know. I mean, God what are you going to do? damn it. That's a great choice. Yep. Um, my number seven would have been Ocean's Eleven. Oh, uh, yep. The remake specifically, although the original would work too. But, I mean, this group was just so fucking cool, dude. And to be performing a heist in Vegas with Clooney and Brad Pitt. I mean, come on, man. Um, It it would just be too cool for school. My number eight would be a movie called Empire Records, which uh, also harkens back to my love of the 1990s. You've seen Empire Records? Sure have. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. My number nine would have been Wedding Crashers because I would want to actually crash weddings with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in that movie. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It would just be too good. Rachel McAdams again, too, by the way. Absolutely. Um, and then my number 10, I'm going through the Harry Potter films with our buddy Dan for Patreon, for our Patreon series. And I think I would want to do the Hogwarts. I'd want to live in the Harry Potter universe. I want to be a wizard and, uh, you know, just kind of have magic at my fingertips. What about, are you a Harry Potter fan? I've Sam? never seen a single one of them. I'm holding off until I, that my was daughter's... My, that was me. Yeah, yeah. I'm holding off until my daughter is of age. Like, when these started coming out when I was 18, and it was like, if you said to your mates, so, hey, I'm going home to watch a Harry Potter movie, you get laughed at. Like, we're going home to watch Lord <laughs> of the Rings. That's what we're doing sort of thing. So, yeah, I yeah, haven't seen All that. All right. Yeah, that's that was my, uh, you may know this, but that was my scenario about a month ago, mm. and then we just started watching them all. So Dan's, um, I, you know, I pitched him the Halloween series. He had never seen those. <laughs> so back in September, October, we watched all the Halloween films. He watched them for the first time. And now I'm watching all the Harry Potter films for the first time. So, uh, you know, there's some that are, you know, not that great. But as a series, I feel like it's it's really good. And it's really, it's definitely a cool world to live in. Yeah. So. Get to be a wizard, man. You know, what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. All right, Sam. So let me pull up the uh, fan feedback. The only other one that I had was um, that my wife made me promise not to say was children of men. And children of men is my answer <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning when my baby starts crying. I'm like, God, imagine if there's no kids. 
<laughs> oh, man. All right, we got a few over on Facebook in the old suggestion box, Sam. Let's open that up and see what we got over Excellent. there. So patron and friend of the show, Jared Taylor, said Star Trek. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, patron and friend of the show, Patrick, said, now here's one that it's just a little too dangerous for me, man. There's a little too much violence going on in the streets, okay? But he said Gotham. Oh, no. What? No. No way. (laughs) This is, yeah. Too much, right? You don't want to live in a superhero movie. That's what I've decided. Unless, like, even if you are the superhero, your parents are probably dead and all your, like, friends are in mortal danger the entire time. You're constantly getting superpowered people to come get you. But Gotham's the worst. You've got Batman and then you've got armies of like psychopaths <laughs> that are trying to kill batman yeah you're just wandering down the street and you just get exploded you know some jewelry business just explodes and t- takes you out with it and joker runs off laughing and then one of his henchmen probably mutilates your corpse for fun you know it's just stuff that no way yeah you don't need to do that i mean if your town is protected by somebody dressed as a bat <laughs> that's a good point you don't want to live there i mean i'm just telling you <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Batman fan, but on the outside. I'm an outsider. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to be right there in, in the thick of it. Uh, we're, we're just talking about our buddy Dan from Netflix and Swill, and he, you know, not surprisingly named the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, Joey Mills, friend of the show, says Paddington. Oh. You would like to live in the world of Paddington because he says we need more kindness in the world. It's He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, I was thinking of other films, which are just like, from start to finish, they're just happy, happy films. And Paddington, yeah, I mean, there are antagonists in those films. Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, I think, are the first one. But, like, yeah, no, nah, they're great films. And if you've got a little bear running around that everyone's totally cool with as well. Like everyone's totally cool with this tiny little bear running around talking to everyone. Then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. He's cute. Yeah, yeah, sure. Paddington 2 was really good, I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lauren Scott, friend of the show, says she's not sure if it counts, but she would love to go to Neverland. Peter Pan and the, and the and the Lost Boys are Neverland. Again, the same thing. You've got giant crocodile you've got to watch out for. You've got Dustin Hoffman dressed as Captain Hook. I don't know. Dustin <laughs> yeah, Hoffman's got that crazy eye energy, you know? he's Yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough. Now, how shocked are you that our buddy Paul from The Countdown said Basic Instinct? It was very close to my list because I was like, <laughs> I've seen the man she sleeps with and I'm pretty sure I'll get murdered. I'm, I don't rate myself yeah. that much high, but I'm pretty sure I'm higher than Michael Douglas. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're done, bro. Uh, Matt Lewinsky, patron of the show, says, here's his list. He says, Back to the Future, specifically Part 2. The Old West, I guess. Part 2. No, that's the one they go to the future and they got hoverboards and shit. That's a pretty good... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, in the future. Which I think is now, right? Or it was like 2018. 2015. Yeah, it's 2015. (laughs) 2015. Have your hoverboards and shoelaces that do themselves up. Yeah. Uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, Masters of the Universe. Watch out, bro. That's dangerous, too. (laughs) I don't know about that. Masters of the Universe. Yeah, you're dealing with gargoyles and Skeletor and shit. I don't know if I can mess with that. Nah. Uh, he says he says Batman, specifically 66, which I believe is the Adam West uh, show, which I guess is a little safer, I would think. Yeah, you can handle that. Like, you know, sharks might attack you, but you've got shark spray, so it's pretty easy to get rid of them. So, yeah. Oh, man. And then he also says Star Wars, specifically Hoth. Yeah, yeah. Snowboarding on Hoth. All right. The tits. And then uh, last one I'll mention is Dan Roski, a patron and fan of the show. He says Transformers the movie. Is he talking about um, the 86 cartoon version? I think, I, I hope so. I think so. Does he want to see Optimus and Prime die? Why? why? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I was I like know. my dad for my like, early childhood. <laughs> and then he also says Pleasantville, which, uh, yeah, that's uh, that'd be too creepy for me, though, I feel like. But, yep. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, our movies that we would like to live in, Sam, this was a blast, man. Thank you so much for pitching this topic 
to me and I enjoyed going through it. I guess, you know, I guess we didn't surprise each other too much, really, because no. I was afraid when I started doing my list that you were going to be like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> but we, we were on pretty much the same page. I mean, I guess Nightmare Before Christmas was a little bit of a curveball for me. But Yeah, that was. It was definitely a curveball. But no, nah, it's, it's good to see we've got similar interests, which is going out and getting shit-faced and hanging out with your friends. It's, you know. <laughs> Wanted to relive the days when we fucking had zero responsibilities. Absolutely. That was it. That was yeah. legitimately it. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, that's me too, dude. All right, Sam, a uh, big fan of yours, man. Why don't you tell everybody, I know you told them about the book at the top, but why don't you tell everybody about your show and where they can find you? Man? Yeah, of course. Um, podcast, movie reviews, and 20 cues, uh, as mentioned, basically to take a film, ask 20 questions about it. And you're right, we don't look at what the director was thinking, but we do it in our own roundabout, sort of entry-level way, sort of. Yeah, that's that's basically it. You just, just search movie reviews in, and we're probably the first podcast to pipe up. Otherwise, type uh, two zero as in like the numbers, not to, like, don't spell it out, sort of thing. And yeah, I've had an absolute blast. And I also want to say that I'm really glad that you or me did not pick a last action hero because I feel like that would have been cheating. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're like right. Like the movie where <laughs> a guy gets a ticket and he gets to go into those movie universes. I'm glad none of us did that. Like, oh, if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? More wishes. I'm glad neither of us did that. I'm so happy. I know you're you're right. I didn't think about that one, so I guess subconsciously I was known to stay away from that. Yeah, but yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, we did our own last action hero here, Sam. Absolutely. We sure did. I've yeah, had a blast, man. I love the show. Love being on it. Always <laughs> tune in to listen to you. It's, yeah, absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks so much, man. All right, Sam. Well, thanks for being here, brother. And we will be back next week, guys, and we will have another top five and another pee on the pod. Sam, take care, brother. Cheers. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.